Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. The difficulty that we have is that we minimize our own sin. We minimize our own debts. When we look at ourselves, we often see ourselves better than we are. But sin takes away our ability to see correctly. It takes away our ability to see clearly. Uh, we lose that 2020 spiritual vision and we begin to see things in a really unclear way. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and when Christ taught us to pray, He said that we are to ask Abba Father to forgive us as we forgive those who have sinned against us. In today's message on forgiveness, Pastor Ed points out that we tend to minimize our own sin. As we do so, we forget or do not realize just how much our Father in Heaven has forgiven us. However, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord can open our eyes to the unending mercy and grace we have received through Christ. As this happens, it becomes easier to extend the same grace and mercy to others. Now here's Pastor Ed with part one of today's message in Matthew chapter 6 in a series on the subject of forgiveness. Building in faith. It was Robert Louis Stevenson who wrote on the notes of Edinburgh a story about two sisters. They were Scottish. And they lived in a small room. It was very tight quarters. And one day they had a theological discussion. A conflict arose. They couldn't agree on this one theological point. They became so angry with one another that they refused to talk to each other. And the argument just went on. Finally, they would no longer say a word to each other and they took a piece of chalk and they drew it right across the center of the room from the fireplace all the way to the door. And one slept on one side and the other slept on the other side. They'd go to church together and pray the Lord's Prayer. They'd worship, but they never talked to one another. How do you deal with conflict? How do you deal with situations where you have to forgive someone? Well, when I was, you say, Pastor, well, how do you deal with it? Well, when I was much younger, let me tell you a story. When I was much younger, not as sanctified as I am today, in my late 30s, we had this wonderful lady in the church. Her name was Beulah. She was absolutely the kindest woman you could possibly imagine. Beulah always cared about everybody, always cared for everyone, and she was just so gracious. But she had a son, and her son was a deadbeat. I mean, he really was. He just milked his mother for all she was worth, and he would come to church every so often. And Beulah would come to me and say, Pastor, pray for my son that he comes to church. And so I prayed for her Sunday and came to church. Well, one day Beulah came to me and she said, Pastor, 
my son wants to move in with me. Her husband had just died, and he'd like for his wife and his child to move into our house. And I thought, oh, no. Because I knew how it was going to turn out. He was going to take advantage of his mom. And so what happened was, sure enough, he moved in the house, and she lived in this one room, and it was like she was in a prison. And she'd come to church, and she'd cry, and I'd pray with her. And after a while, I began to build up a little resentment in my heart. Well, Beulah passed away. She died. And the son was so cheap. I mean, cheap as cheap. It was the dead of winter. He didn't want to have the funeral service in the funeral home because he wanted to save some money. And of course, I was going to do the funeral. I was her pastor. And so he called me up. Funeral home contacted me up. And they said, Pastor Jones, we do the funeral. Would you do the funeral? I said, of course. And they said, we're going to have it in the cemetery. He didn't want to pay for, you know. I said, all right. I was so upset. I got my long johns on. It was the coldest day in the winter. I got my long johns on, bundled up, and I said, I'm going to get one of my longest eulogies. <laughs> well, when I got to the cemetery and I was going to do the eulogy, I thought about it. I said, you know, Beulah already forgave her son. That's the type of person she was. So I didn't use the longest one. Didn't use the shortest one either. <laughs> but forgiveness isn't always easy for us. It can be very difficult. And Jesus recognized that. And so in this prayer that is to be prayed on a regular basis, I was talking to one of our saints, one of our believers in the church, a godly person, and they said to me, Pastor, I pray this prayer twice a day. No, it was meant to be prayed on a regular basis as we would go to God. And just as we ask for daily bread, give us this day our daily bread, we're to ask every single day for forgiveness because we need to forgive people and we need forgiveness from God. But I want you to observe the problem of forgiveness. The problem of forgiveness. That's my first point. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. There's a problem with that. Most people don't recognize that they have a big debt, that they owe God. See, we've pushed God to the side. We don't want him in our life. We don't want him in our society. We don't want him to have any, any presence in our culture because we don't want to be responsible to the Lord. And so what happens is we have no concept of sin. See, God created everything that there is. He created this world and he owns it all. I know that goes against our grain of thinking because we feel I'm an independent person. I make up my own rules. I do my own thing. Uh, according to the book, not according to God. He is the creator and he is the owner and he is the sustainer. Just let him take your breath away and you're gone. And God defines what sin is. Oh, we want to vote on it in our culture. Whatever popular, however the culture is going, we determine what sin is and what it isn't. 
That's not the way it is. See, sin is not judged by the way we see it, but by the way God sees it. It's how God sees sin, what he calls sin. Look at our debt. Forgive us our debts. The difficulty that we have is that we minimize our own sin. We minimize our own debts. When we look at ourselves, we often see ourselves better than we are. But sin takes away our ability to see correctly. It takes away our ability to see clearly. Uh, we lose that 2020 spiritual vision and we begin to see things in a really unclear way. And so what happens is when we go to God and we think, oh Lord, I'm not all that bad. We don't realize the debt that we've amassed over the years. We don't realize the sinfulness of sin. Uh, what we tend to do is, uh, yes, we look at those Ten Commandments, or as some might call them, the Ten Suggestions. They're still commandments. But we look at them and we say, you know, I keep this one, and I keep that one, and I keep the other one. They're the most important ones, the ones I keep. Now, the ones I don't keep, well... That means if you break that, you're really a great sinner. And we tend to just look at ourselves in a better light than really we are, and we tend to look where other people fail and falter, and we judge them. For example, we may go and say, I've never murdered anybody, or I've never committed adultery, or I have never stolen, or on and on it goes. But if I read the Bible right and I look at what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, even to think it in our hearts, we've sinned. Given the right chance, given the right opportunity, who knows what we would have done, what we could do. We sometimes try and just quiet our conscience, and we say, I'm not a Hitler, I'm not a Mussolini, I'm not a Saddam Hussein. God says, I see the depth of sin in your life. Sometimes because there's a distance between our sinfulness and where we are today, we, we tend to see it in a distorted way. We simply look at it and say, you know, there's some years, there's some dust on the pages of my life, the biography. You know, I'm at chapter 56 right now. But if I go back to chapter 16, 40 chapters earlier, 40 years ago, think of some things I did. I could think of some things I've done all through the years. But we, we tend to say, boy, that's a while ago. God sees our life as a whole. He sees the whole picture. And we tend to forget our offenses. We tend to forget the tremendous debt that God just washed away, cleansed, and put aside. But we're to remember how he has forgiven us, how he has lifted that debt. Martin Luther, the great reformer, said, the ultimate proof of a sinner is that he does not know his own sin. So often, we're blind to our sin. 
We're blind to our own failures. And we don't recognize our debt. So when we pray, forgive us our debts, God is saying, roll back the curtains of memory now and then. Let me show you where I brought you from and where you could have been. I know you're human, and humans forget. So, Lord, remind me. Remind me of that awful debt of sin that I owe. All sin is sin against God. He's made the laws. And we've rebelled against him. We're sinners to our core. Someone commented on these verses, and they wrote this. It was very good. It says, before there's any talk in the prayer about our forgiveness, our forgiving anyone else, we are made to ask for forgiveness ourselves. Before there is any consideration of the wrongs that we have suffered, we are made to ponder the great wrong God has suffered through us. We to remember, oh Lord, I've offended you. I've sinned against you. I've done things that were wrong. If you go back over that chapter, if you remember, that'd make you a lot more gracious and a lot more sensitive to other people. We are debtors and we're to forgive our debtors. Now, notice this. Only God can forgive debt. It says, forgive others their, forgive other debtors. Didn't say forgive their debt. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Only God can forgive sin. I can't erase your sin. Someone else can't erase your sin. Only God can forgive sin. But we forgive our debtors. In other words, we release them. We don't harbor a grudge. We don't nurse revenge and an attitude of retaliation. We simply release it and give it to God, and we have an attitude. Lord, you've forgiven me. Forgive them. God, you've been gracious to me. Be gracious to them. God, bless them. When we say forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, that two-letter word is so significant. A-S, as. God, you see how I treated my ex-spouse. You see how I've treated that co-worker. You see how I've forgiven that child. You see how I've released that parent. God, with the same measure I have forgiven them, meet it out to me. Whoa. Either you're calling down blessing on yourself or you're calling down curses. Either you're setting for yourself a bright future or a stormy day at the judgment seat. What happens is we generally are hurt unintentionally and intentionally, but unintentionally, what often happens, when I grew up in New York, I'll describe it this way. When I grew up in New York City, we had an alley, and we actually had a yard. And I lived in this neighborhood, and you'd go through the alley, and a lot of people back then had pets. They had dogs. So you'd walk past one yard, and the dog's tail was wagging. You walk past another yard, and the dog wanted to jump over that fence and tear you from limb to limb. 
I mean, it was growling, its teeth were showing, and I mean, you, you just sort of walked, and said, oh, I hope that fence doesn't open up, that gate doesn't open up. What happens, it had nothing to do with me, whether I had cologne on or not, <laughs> whether I took a shower that day or not, it had nothing to do with that. But it had everything to do with the nature of that dog. There are some people so filled with self, so filled with pride, with arrogance, with envy, with unbridled ambition, if you get in their way, they're going to bark, growl, and bite. They're going to climb up that ladder of success even if they have to step on you. So there's some things that happen to us because we walked past the wrong yard and the gate was open. There are other things that happen to us because it's intentional. Some people have vindictive spirits and they just want to hurt other people. And you meet people like that. Where they don't like your success at work. They don't like the fact that people like you. They don't like what's happened in your life. They may be jealous, they're envious, whatever. But they set out to destroy you. They rip your character. They're just an emissary sent from hell. There are people like that. But it all hurts. And with all of that, all of those things that you and I encounter on the journey of life, that's part of the journey. That's part of living. You can't escape it. It's on the journey of life. With all of that, you come into church, and oh, it's a refuge. You just enjoy the worship, you enjoy the word, you enjoy what's happening. And God looks at you, and this is what he says. Mark eleven twenty five. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Even if they don't ask. Even if they give you a half-hearted apology. You say, Lord, be merciful to them. I'm not going to carry this in my heart. Uh, the problem with sin, the debt, is we minimize our sin and we maximize everyone else's sin. We take sometimes the magnifying glass of a self-righteous attitude and it makes it look worse than it is. We're all made of the same stuff, made of this earth and clay, and we all need grace and forgiveness. So the problem of forgiveness, we minimize our debt and we magnify other people's debt. But there's a provision to overcome the problem. That provision of forgiveness, the provision of forgiveness. In Matthew 6, 12, forgive us our debts. Ah, oh, that's man's greatest need, forgiveness. None of us. There's not one single person in this congregant has lived such a good life that they could get to heaven on their own. In fact, if you search the pages of history, go back and look at Paul the Apostle. Go back and look at John the Apostle. Go back and even look at Jesus' mother, Mary. None of them lived Lives so righteous 
that they would be accepted by God on the basis of their own merits. None of us could pay that astronomical debt of sin. We look at our nation's debt. It's growing every second, every minute, every hour. And we're saying, what are we going to do? Well, there's a greater debt, the debt that we owe God, our sin. And there was only one person that ever lived, that lived a perfect life, that could cancel out the debt, and that was Jesus. That was Christ. He could satisfy God's justice because God was a just God, is a just God, and has to judge sin. And he judged Jesus. Uh, look at the experience of it. Uh, John the Baptist is by the Jordan, and he sees Jesus coming, and he points to him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He looked at Jesus. He recognized that Jesus was the one who took away the sin of the world. All of our debt, Jesus took on himself. All of the murders, all of the adulteries, all of the lying, all of the stealing, all of man's inhumanity to man, all of the injustices, all placed on Jesus. That debt was crushing. It crushed him on the cross. He cried out, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? In that moment when God experienced something that he had never experienced before, God hates sin. He's a holy God. In that moment, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us. In that moment, the weight of all of man's rebellion and all of man's sin was poured out on Christ and he became an offering to take away our sin. You've experienced the effect of it, the impact of it. Remember when you came to Christ? You knelt at an altar, you received Jesus, or at home when you opened your heart, or wherever you opened your heart, and all of a sudden you felt a weight come off of you. Remember the analogy in Pilgrim's Progress, where Pilgrim goes to the cross, and he feels this weight falling off of him, this tremendous weight of sin. When you accept Christ, that weight is lifted off, and all of a sudden, when you see God, and you really see him in your heart, you say, Abba, Father, Daddy. There's a relationship, and suddenly life changes in the moment. You suddenly feel the weight of sin taken off of you. Uh, you feel clean, cleansed. What John the Apostle talks about in 1 John 1, 9, when he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, that's our experience. Now that experience of God's grace and forgiveness empowers us. It gives us the ability to do what we could never do in the natural. That forgiveness of sins empowers us. In Colossians 3.13 it says... Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So also you must forgive. The grace that we've received from God, we're meant to give to others. The forgiveness that we've enjoyed, where he's lifted our debt, he says, go and do thou likewise. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching series entitled Forgiveness. We want to encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your Word Restore